everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Will LSU play today? Will the Cajuns play this week? Will they even be able to finish the conference tournaments? Those are the questions that we face this morning on this lovely May 26th, Thursday edition of RP3 and Company. Good morning. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Joined in the studio, of course, as always, by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. We have a good show lined up for you today. Two guests, both in the final hour. Les East, our friend from CrescentCitySports.com, will join us to talk the latest news involving the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we'll have Jared P. Joseph from BR Proud, our friend in television from Baton Rouge to break down LSU and Southern baseball teams for us. That'll be at 8.30. So we have two guests for you on the back end of today's show. So, of course, would love to hear from you. You know that. Game hotline is always open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. And we'll get to the recaps. We'll break down the Astros' victory over the Guardians. We'll talk NBA playoffs. Hell, we may even touch on some NHL playoffs. What? Wait, what? Could happen. More than likely not. Sorry, Jamie. But we're going to start off with what's dominating the news cycle for us. Delay, delay, delay. And wait for it. How about another dose of uh, delay? The weather that we expected to wreak havoc across central to northern Alabama this week is doing exactly what we expected it to do. SEC tournament grinds to a halt. Sunbelt tournament grinds to a halt. We're not playing games. LSU was originally supposed to be playing their first game last night at 8 o'clock. Well, that we knew got delayed the day before. Then they moved it to 9.30 this morning. Then yesterday, they were like, hold up, bud. That ain't going to work for us. We got to push the game back to 1 o'clock. And everyone got excited because they did get the Kentucky-Auburn game in. So you get to find out that LSU is going to be playing the Wildcats. Kentucky-LSU matchup there at the SEC tournament. And lovely Hoover. So they did sneak that game in. Yay! But then we find out... Again, yesterday afternoon, later in the afternoon, that the SEC is like, hey, um, 
Yeah, we got to push that LSU game back again. So LSU is scheduled, and I said this at the beginning of the week, use that term loosely, is scheduled to play at 4.30 today. Now, this game time has changed now three different times, right? We went from 8 o'clock to 9.30, 8 o'clock, 9.30 a.m., 1 o'clock, 4.30. So this is the fourth different time we've had scheduled for LSU at the SEC tournament in a span of a few days. Okie dokie. What's your confidence level that this is even going to get done today? Because mine is not very high. It just isn't. It just isn't. And the SEC is sticking to their guns as of right now. And what I mean by that is they're sticking to their, we have to have double elimination. We're going to squeeze all these games in. We're not making any changes to the formats. Because, dang it, we got folks in Hoover and we have to make sure this happens. Okay. Let's see if that happens. Because now it's Thursday. Championship Sunday is Sunday. Three days away. We haven't even gotten to the first games for some teams. LSU has yet to play a game, and it's Thursday. It's Thursday. And bad weather is expected. Guess what? Today as well. They're supposed to have showers and storms and thunder boomers, however you want to describe it. In Hoover today. They were able to get two games in yesterday. Two. That's it. That's it. Two. They were able to get Kentucky-Auburn, which was the last single elimination game that was supposed to play be played on Tuesday. They finally got that game in. Yay! 3-1 victory for the Wildcats. And then they were able to get Alabama-Arkansas in. Crimson Tide taking down Arkansas. Four to three, which is a stunner because Arkansas is the 13th ranked team in the country. Alabama is not. <laughs> Tide going on a bit of a roll here in the weirdness of the SEC tournament. We're supposed to play four games yesterday. They got in two. So before LSU even plays, they still have two other teams that have yet to play. Now, Arkansas apparently just decided, hey, we're done with this whole SEC tournament thing. We just want to go home. And they decided to just go ahead and lose to Alabama, which is weird. But you still have your other top seats for the tournament that haven't played yet. Texas A&M's the two seed. They have yet to play a game. That's supposed to happen this morning at 930. A&M supposed to take on Florida. Florida did come out of the single elimination portion. Vandy is taking on Tennessee. Your number one overall seed and the number one team in the country. 
then, then it will be LSU versus Kentucky. But as of right now, they're keeping their double elimination format. Arkansas has moved on to the third round of double elimination, which was supposed to be today. I'm going to go go ahead and go on a limb and say the likelihood of Pig Suey playing their game today is probably about 10%. Which means you're not going to have double elimination games taking place until Friday. Woof. Woof, woof, woof. And... Here's the other thing. You look at it on paper and at first class, you go, okay, Ray, let's say the weather is good. All right. Let's say the storm system's not nearly as bad as we all anticipated it being. Great. You still have to try to get in four games a day now, which is difficult to do to begin with. What if one of these games goes into extra innings? Right? This is not... Baseball is not a time sport. So Florida and Texas A&M could go 12 innings this morning. Vandy, Tennessee likely won't go extra innings, but what if it does? So SEC trying to stick to its guns to have its double elimination tournament. They're not making the changes. They've decided not to do so. They're going to stick to what they have. Tentatively scheduled, LSU is supposed to take on Kentucky at 4.30 this afternoon. We'll get you a weather report from our research staff and weather division here at RP3 and Company. What the forecast looks today in Hoover, Alabama. I'm going to take a wild guess that it's not going to be what I call optimal. Once again, I could be wrong. It could be nothing but sunshine and rainbows today over in Alabama. I've been given an early indicator from our research division that that's not the case at all. The Sun Belt, meanwhile, says enough is enough. They make the bold decision yesterday to change the format of their tournament because they're behind the eight ball as well. They're right over there in Montgomery, so they're dealing with the same the same storm system, same storm cells as the SEC is, is dealing with in Hoover. Montgomery's roughly about an hour, depending on how fast you drive. So the Sun Belt yesterday says enough is enough. They discussed it with the head coaches. Sun Belt Tournament Games Committee is now going to shift the championship to a single elimination format beginning on Friday. The decision was made following a significant weather delay on Wednesday and in consideration of Thursday's weather forecast and student-athlete rest and recovery during postseason play. There was no confidence that they could get the double elimination bracket done by Sunday's NCAA automatic qualifier deadline. There it is. 
If you're a conference like the Sun Belt, you want to make sure that your automatic qualifier gets into the field. What if it's the Cajuns who don't have a great RPI and need to win the conference tournament to get in to an NCAA regional? Well, if they don't meet the deadline and they win the conference tournament, the Sun Belt Conference could very likely have their conference champion not make a regional because of the deadline. The deadline looms on Sunday. So this is how they're going to do this. They're going to play their games starting Friday. Yeah. They're not even going to try to squeeze in additional games here. They said, we're going single elimination. We're going to start back up on Friday when the weather gets pretty again. Quarterfinals on Friday. Semifinals Saturday, straight up. Championship game, noon, uh, I'm sorry, 1 p.m. on Sunday. And here's your matchups. So they went ahead and just wiped out Thursday. Somebody else like, enough, enough. We're not, we're not going to keep trying to play around with this. And I credit the Sunbelt for this. I credit this. Sunbelt made the wise decision where they looked at it and said, hey, hey, now. We want to try to get as many teams into an NCAA regionals as possible. They could, they're going to get probably three, maybe four, depending on who wins it. They could get at least three teams into NCAA regional fields. So, Sunbelt resets. Quarterfinals are going to be set like this. Troy's going to take on Coastal at 9 a.m. on Friday. App State is going to take on Georgia Southern now at 1230 on Friday. South Alabama and UL, the Raging Cajuns, will play now at 4 o'clock on Friday. They were supposed to play yesterday on Wednesday. They are not playing their first game until Friday, which they get additional rest. Not necessarily a bad thing. South Al, UL, Friday at 4, and ULM taking on top-seeded Texas State at 7.30. And then we already know winner of the South Al-UL game gets to play the winner of the ULM-Texas State game in one semifinal. The other semifinal will feature whoever wins out of Troy Coastal versus App State and Georgia Southern. Smart. It's a smart move. It's the right move. It's really the only move you have to make. The Sun Belt is ensuring that they will, in fact, play their games. They switch it up from a double elimination format to a single elimination format, push off a day, don't even try to bother trying to get games in on Thursday because they've already seen the forecast. And they're like, hey, this is what we're doing. And the coaches all agreed to it, and athletic directors agreed to it, and the conference signed off on it. Done. There you go. By the way, your forecast for Montgomery, where the Sun Belt is playing their tournament, at the home of the Biscuits, by the way. 100% chance of rain today, 11-mile-per-hour winds, and humidity at a lovely 87%. But over in nearby Hoover, it's a little bit better. It's beach weather. 90% chance of rain 41 mile per hour winds and 78% humidity. I didn't stutter. 
90% chance of rain and 41 mile per hour winds are expected in Hoover today. And yet the SEC, the folks over in Birmingham are like, bruh, we got this. Let's play some baseball. Let's play some baseball out in traditional downpour and 41 mile per hour winds. <sighs> I just, why not just do with the Sun Belt? How many times have I ever sat here in this chair and said the Sun Belt did something smarter than the SEC? That's probably never happened. This makes sense. I'm sorry. Double elimination format, I don't need it. I, I don't need it. You, you're, it's Thursday, man. It's Thursday. Just shut it down, SEC, and say, guess what? Sorry, Arkansas, you lost. You shouldn't have lost to Paul Ball and Alabama in baseball. Go home. Get on the bus. Go back home. Wait for your regional seed. It's when you just, yeah. we don't do double elimination for basketball. Like, just get done with it. Just, just be done with it all. That's all you got to do. Follow the su- – I can't believe I'm saying this – Follow the Sun Belt's lead. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But they're but they're they're like, nah, man, we're gonna try to keep this double elimination format. Let's roll. Let's roll with it. Let's go. 41 mile per hour winds, 90% chance of rain. No worries. No worries. I'm sure the fans will pack the Met in Hoover for that type of action in the middle of a day on a Thursday. Woof. Big old woof. That leads us to our poll question of the day. It's a good one. It's a good one because producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names came up with it. Poll question of the day. Should the NCAA simply push back selection Monday back a day? Yes or no? That would make things easier, wouldn't it? They're not going to because they don't make anything easy. But should they push it back a day yes or no go vote on our poll question of the day leave your comments on the facebook and the twitter we got to take a time out more rp3 and company coming up right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station you're listening to the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Poll question of the day. Due to the severe weather that's impacting the conference tournaments, in particular the Sun Belt and the SEC, <coughs> excuse me, with the Sun Belt making the decision to go to a single elimination format, take today off as well, and just simply play Friday quarterfinal games, Saturday semis, and Sunday championship round. The SEC is still sticking to their guns of playing a double elimination format. Should the NCAA push back selection Monday? The Monday after the college baseball season wraps up is when they always unveil the regional sites. It's become kind of a tradition. Should they simply just push that back a day to make sure everyone gets their games in? Yes or no? Straight up poll question of the day. Yes or no? I say no. And hear me out. 
You could avoid this if you just adjust on the fly. Sunbelt's going to get their tournament in. Everybody else is going to get their tournament in. SEC may not get their tournament in. If you simply just change your format, you get your tournament in. Like, that's... We knew we were talking about how weather was going to impact this tournament last weekend. You heard Chris Blair, the voice of the Tigers, tell us yesterday when he joined us on RP3 and Company that, in fact, when they arrived from Nashville on Sunday, there was already discussions going on there at the site in Hoover where they were all staying at with school officials, with coaches, with SEC folks. Hey, do we need to maybe consider going to seven-inning games? Do we need to consider going to a single elimination format. And maybe that's what they'll still do. I don't know. But as of right now, this morning at 627 on Thursday, where they've only literally had one team that received a double bye play a game, they're still sticking to their guns of full nine-inning games in double elimination format. And you go, eh, you could just fix this. Once again, the weather forecast today over in Alabama is for Hoover, 90% chance of rain, 41 mile per hour winds. Does anyone think they're playing baseball today? I mean, honestly, does anyone think that? In Montgomery, it's a 100% chance of rain, 11-mile-per-hour winds. Some belts like, we're not going to be able to play. Why even bother? Why even try to go through the procedure of making these teams believe and have them get prepared to play a game that they're not going to play and they're just going to sit there? Everyone take the day off. You're good. Don't worry about it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to play our quarterfinal games. Straight up on Friday, semis on Saturday, championship game on Sunday, done. Done. Simple fix. SEC's trying to push it a little bit here. It just means more. It's the moniker. It seems kind of silly to me. As good of a tournament and good of a conference as the SEC is, you're going to get a ton of teams into NCAA regionals. Just bite the bullet here. Arkansas, even though they're in the loser's bracket now, they're still getting into a regional. They're the number 13 ranked team in the country. They're good. They're good. They're in. If Tennessee loses today, what's going to happen to Tennessee? Nothing. They may drop off being the number one overall seed, but they're still going to host a regional. Just make the decision. Somebody step up amongst the SEC coaches and administrators and go, all right, guys, this is what we're going to have to do. Single elimination, take today off, just like the Sun Belt's doing, come back on Friday, play our quarterfinal games, be done with it. That's all you got to do. But they're going to try. Once again, they've only had one team that received a double bye that's played a game, and that was Arkansas, and they lost. No one else has played. 
Once again, LSU is scheduled, and I say that loosely, for 4.30 today. But once again, they were supposed to play 8 o'clock last night. Then it got pushed to 9.30 this morning. Then it got pushed to 1.30 this afternoon. Now it's 4 o'clock. Do we anticipate them actually playing at 4 o'clock? And 90% chance of thunderstorms and 40-mile-per-hour winds? Maybe. Let's play monsoon baseball. With metal bats, by the way, in their hands. That's always safe. So we'll see. We'll see. I I would anticipate them being have to, to have to force things because if you don't, your window is going to close today. Trying to keep the double elimination. That's probably what they're trying to do. They're probably trying to push it as long as they can to see if they can get some more double, get some more of those games in to keep the double elimination format. But if they don't get all their games in that they're supposed to get in today, they're not going to be able to do it. So the SEC may not have a choice. Mother Nature may force its hand and say, time for you to get it together. Time for you to just go ahead and admit that, hey, this isn't going to work. Move on. Do something else. Hey, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. That's right. Richard Seafood Patio has some of the best boiled crawfish, but also serves up boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, fried and grilled seafood, pull boys, and even has a seafood buffet. Go sign up for the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to once again score a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio. But you can only score that $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk a little NBA playoffs. We'll talk a little Houston Astros. Both were in action last night. We'll recap it for you coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Oh, do you want to see the Astros in person? Then listen up. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston's going to be taking on the Chicago White Sox. That's right. The Southsiders come to town on Saturday, June 18th, and you can be there. Simply register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. That's right. Four tickets. You get them for free. Tour of the ballpark. You get it for free. Hotel accommodations you're going to get for free. You just have to get yourself there. Hey, come on now. White Sox Strohs inside Minute Maid Ballpark, one of the best venues to see a ball game. Trust me, you're going to want this. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston downtown, and the game. 
Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Ooh, speaking of them Astros, they took the series. Beat them Cleveland Guardians. Remember, they lost the first game. And that was, as many would say, pop on. But they bounced back in a big way. Take the next two games against the Guardians. That means they win two of three. They take the series, and they just keep on rolling. Keep on rolling right along. Rolling down the river, as John Fogarty once said. Do you know who John Fogarty is, people? There we go. Just have to keep you on your toes. 2-1 victory last night. I do believe that's the type of victory our good friend Kevin Foote would say is a glorious victory. He loves the low-scoring, tight victories. Strohs win 2-1, improved to 29-16 on the year, 14-6 at home to take the series. Christian Javier was very good on the bump. Five and two-thirds innings, only gave up three hits, no runs, and struck out nine. That's what I call a fine performance. Once again, I'm telling you guys, the pitching for the Strohs. We focus in on the hitting so much, and rightfully so, because they have a tremendous lineup. They do. All-star lineup, top to bottom. But this pitching is a lot better than people are giving them credit for, and I'm talking a lot better than just Justin Verlander. Verlander's the ace. Verlander's the future Hall of Famer. He's the stud. Got that. But Urquidy can pitch. Javier can pitch. Garcia can pitch. Framer Valdez can pitch. They got some guys, man. And they don't even have Lance McCullers back yet. Just saying. Just saying. They're really, 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 really good. The staff is. Javier sets the tone, and then Dusty Baker decides to go bullpen the rest of the way. They do their job only giving up one hit and one run as he uses five different arms in the pen. Presley comes in and gets the save. And look, they didn't need to go ballistic there inside the batter's box last night to get the job done. They were efficient. Had to wait a little while. Had to wait till the fifth. But Michael Brantley Jr., sacrificed into a double play but that scored a run then they scored on a sack fly there in the six with Diaz scoring on that now the Guardians were able to play to run there in the seventh on a wild pitch but there was never really a threat there and Breggs keeps hitting. He's got his average up to 230 now. He keeps turning things around. Last five, six games, he's starting to find his swing a little bit. But this takes time. This takes time. Yuli Gurriel got his average now up to 224. He went two for four yesterday. And two of the guys who are their better hitters on the team, Yuli won the batting title a year ago, the old man of the group. Bregman was an MVP candidate a few seasons ago. Those two guys have had have not had great seasons. They haven't even had good seasons compared to the type of players they are. 
yet the shows are still right there in first place. <laughs> I keep saying it. This is what makes this team special is that when you have a lineup as deep as the Astros do, you can have your guys hit out of their slumps, so to speak. Dusty, the old wily veteran skipper, can sit there and go, okay, you'll eventually get through it. It's a very old school approach it, to, to take these guys and just let them hit through it, let them go through their slump, push through, encourage them, get on them, you know, have them ha- take extra BP and everything. But eventually, really good hitters get out of their own slumps. They'll just start hitting again. And sometimes it just takes a bloop single for it to happen where all of a sudden it sparks some confidence in them and it changes how they're hitting. It's something as simple as that. That's what makes baseball so beautiful because something as small as that could change the fortunes of somebody in the batter's box. But Yuli and Bregman are seemingly kind of getting into a groove here a little bit. You know, Brantley, Altuve, you know you're going to get from them. Alvarez, who just wants to crush the ball every time he's in the batter's box. And yesterday, Dusty, because of the way the schedule is, we talked about this, they're playing all 162 games, which means they have eliminated a lot of days that would be off days for the teams. You know, Ross didn't play yesterday. Pena didn't play yesterday. He gave a couple guys a day off. There you go. Not Ross, I'm sorry, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker and Jeremy Pena, they had the day off. There you go. Take a day off. Relax. Dusty's the, you know, the old vet. He knows how to handle this. And the Shros get a hard-fought win, 2-1, to one over the Guardians. They advance now. Moving on. They will have today off. They get the travel day. Because up next on the old schedule is a road trip. They got to leave Houston. Sorry, Astros fan. 29-16, first place in the ALOS secured. They'll have today off, and then they begin a road trip. Listen up. Three games at Seattle, your April champions, who currently sit in last place in the division. I have no idea what's going on with the Mariners. All joking aside, they should be better than this. Three games set at Seattle. Verlander will be on the bump for game one in that series on Friday. Urquidy game two on Saturday. And then Garcia will pitch on Sunday. That's scheduled for the three game set there in the Emerald City. Then they will head down south from there to go to Oakland for a three game set starting next Monday through Wednesday. And then they'll wrap up their road trip with a three game weekend set next weekend at Kansas City. So they're going to be on the road for the next week and a half, and they'll return to take on the Seattle Mariners to start June. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So Stroh's get a day off, and then they'll be back in action starting this weekend. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs while we have a few minutes here. 
we said earlier in the week, winner of game five will put themselves in the position to win the series. And in, in, in particular, if Boston wins game five, then they would be the first team to win back-to-back games in the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Heat. And then they would simply be one win away from advancing. And that's exactly what they did last night. 93-80 to 80 victory. And the Heat look tired, man. They look tired. They had no energy. They look absolutely spent. And what's interesting about that is we know Miami's banged up with injuries. We get that. But so is Boston. And Boston had to come out of that brutal seven-game series against the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Yet they look like they still got more in the gas tank, so to speak, than Miami does. The Heat last night, Kyle Lowry played 25 minutes and scored no points. Woof. Jimmy Butler, who looks hurt to me, 4 of 18, only 13 points. Adebayo led them with 18 points. When the big fella who's known for his defense, is leading you offensively. That's usually not a good sign. No production from really anybody else. Vincent gave him 15 off the bench, but Oladipo only played 15 minutes and scored three points. Duncan Robinson, 11 points. You know, Tyler Hero still not playing. Miami looks cooked. They look done. Boston, meanwhile, is getting the job done. They're not pretty. Let's make no bones about it. They're not pretty while they're doing this. But it really doesn't matter at this point. You're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now you're one win away from advancing to the NBA Finals for a chance to win a world championship. So it really doesn't matter how you look doing it as long as you get the job done. Tatum had 22 points last night. Jalen Brown had 25 points last night. Horford chips in 16. That's all they really needed as they were able to easily defeat the Heat 93-80. to They now lead this series three games to two. It will now go back to Boston for game six. Can the Celtics close it out? It feels like they're going to. It feels like Miami has nothing left in the tank. Kyle Lowry can't buy a bucket right now. He's hobbled, still coming off the injury. Jimmy's hobbled. No Tyler Hero. Aye. You're going to be on the road. Hostile environment. Boston's going to be feeling it, right? Because they're going to taste it. They're going to be like, wow, we're this close to getting to an NBA Finals. Game six between the Heat and the Celtics will be Friday night. Tonight, it's going to be game five for the Western Conference Finals. Luka... And Brunson were able to combine to rally the Dallas Mavericks to have them win game four to stave off elimination. But this game now, this series rather, goes to Golden State. I don't believe the Warriors are going to squander another opportunity to eliminate the Mavs. You could see the gentleman sweep tonight there in San Francisco as the Warriors take on the Mavericks. I could be wrong. Dallas could have a uh, could step up and rise up once again. 
Luka could go off, Brunson could help him go off, and they could force a game six. Which, if you're Boston, you definitely want to see. You want to see the Western Conference series be extended even further because you want some miles for them to have to burn some miles as well and to be a little bit tired as well because you do not want to face a well-rested Golden State Warriors team. You just don't want to. If you're Boston, you don't want to see that. So, Game 5 tonight, Western Conference Finals, Mavericks at Warriors. Golden State leads that series three games to one. And then Friday will be Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals, Miami Heat at the Boston Celtics. By the way, these NBA playoffs, I saw an interesting stat about this. Average margin of victory heading into last night's game has been 19.8 points. Woof. There's been a total of like seven clutch time minutes, someone reported. That's it. No dramatic finishes to speak of. No dramatic tight games. They've been lopsided. They've been lopsided affairs. That doesn't make for compelling television. That doesn't make for compelling viewing for the folks out there that love the association. Just doesn't. Hopefully, hopefully, these series will be wrapped up this weekend. We'll have NBA Finals next week. And hopefully, we'll get a good, competitive, exciting series. Hopefully. But that could be wishful thinking, just like the SEC thinking that it's going to get in four games today in Hoover. we got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one, update the poll question of the day. That's all coming up next here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to check in on the poll question of the day. With all the nonsense involving the SEC tournament and college baseball tournaments in particular being held in the state of Alabama, should the NCAA push back selection Monday back a day to ensure that everyone gets their games in? Right now, 61% of you say yes 39% of you say no on the old poll question of the day. John Paul, Cajun Daddy, says yes, they should, but the NCAA is the largest group of highly educated, incompetent people outside of Washington, D.C. <laughs> Dougie Frisch says, SEC calling RP3. Calling RP3, need help. What should we do? This is RP3. Single elimination, you dummies. It just means more. Yes, thank you, Doug. It's a very simple fix, right? It's a very simple fix. It's all you got to do. It's all you got to do. You can still have your tournament. Just go single elimination. It's all you got to do, folks. Not hard. Greg Sankey, get him on the phone. Greg, RP3 here. Hey, bud, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, we met at SEC Media Days a few years ago. How you been? How's your wife and them? Oh, great, great, great. So, let's talk about the SEC baseball tournament here, bud. Uh... 40-mile-per-hour winds today, 90% chance of Thunder Boomers. 
and you got four games scheduled to be played with kids with aluminum bats. So, hear me out. Hear me out, Greg. Let's be bold. Let's be daring. Let's follow the path of the Sunbelt Conference and decide to, wait for it, push the games to Friday, go single elimination, play your quarters on Friday, semis on Saturday, championship game on Sunday. But RP3, what about our other teams that lost, the ones that go into the loser's bracket, like Arkansas? They lost. Thank you. Have another. It, they should have won their game. I, I, I just, I just, it, it's that simple for me. It's that simple for me. Well, I, I, heard, I heard some moaning this week. Oh, the double elimination. Come on, guys. Really? Do, do you really care about this all that much? D- does it really matter? Double elimination at the tournament? No. It's just extra games to sell tickets there at the ballpark to make the SEC a little bit more profitable. That's all it is. It doesn't really impact all that much. You win your games, you win the tournament. It's that simple. Beat your opponent in front of you, win, advance. Win, advance. Win in advance. Done. That's what you should do. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up. Phone lines are open. Game hotline 337-706-0111. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Will the SEC follow the Sun Belt's lead and convert their tournament from a double elimination format to a single elimination format. That's been a big discussion so far today on RP3 and Company. Welcome back. It's 7.03 on this Thursday morning. Plenty of rain in the forecast today for our friends over in Hoover and Montgomery. To catch you up to speed, the Sun Belt yesterday made the decision to move their tournament from double elimination to single elimination. They will not be playing or try to play a game at all today. They will have four quarterfinal games on Friday, two semifinal games on Saturday, and then they will have their championship game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Weather is supposed to be nice in Montgomery for the weekend. They got the tarps out on the field. They're at the home of the Biscuits, and they're just going to push it through. And are forced to remove the double elimination portion of their tournament. In Montgomery today, the latest forecast says 100% chance of rain, 11-mile-per-hour winds. So Sunbelt looks at the forecast. They meet the coaches, the committee, the commissioner, 
okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to reschedule. We're going to adjust on the fly, and we're going to push it to single elimination format so we can make sure to get our tournament in by Sunday's deadline for automatic qualifiers. Because the Sun Belt has the opportunity to get three, maybe four teams in to NCAA regionals. The SEC, meanwhile, says, ah, Mother Nature, whatever. We're not scared of no Mother Nature. SEC is sticking to their guns. As it stands right now at 7.05. LSU has already been delayed multiple times. LSU, who received a double bye because they swept Vanderbilt in the regular season finale, series finale, hasn't even played yet. It's Thursday. They were supposed to play Wednesday night. That got pushed to this morning at 9.30. Then that got pushed to 1 o'clock this afternoon. Then that now has been pushed back to 4.30. Supposed to be the third game of the day. They've only had one team that received a double bye play a game yet, and that was Arkansas, who inexplicably lost to Alabama. They're sticking to their nine-inning format. They're sticking to trying to have this double elimination portion of the tournament. They are not being proactive in switching it up over there at the Met. And the forecast for lovely Hoover, Alabama, is, let me check it, 90% chance of thunderstorms, 41-mile-per-hour winds today. That sounds like great baseball weather. So that's where we stand. <laughs> that's where we stand. That also leads us to our poll question of the day. Should the NCAA grant an extra day, so to speak, push back Selection Monday to Tuesday to give, say, the SEC an extra day to get their games in. I say no. I say just change it from double elimination to single. Get done with it. Keep the ball rolling. Keep it moving. Because if you change the regional selection show to, say, Tuesday, now you have less time to get teams prepared to do their travel to get where they need to get for the regionals, which, by the way, are next weekend. So I don't think the NCAA would even grant it because they know how much it's going to be a time crunch already. You're going to make that one day less? I don't see that happening. So keep voting on our poll question of the day. But right now it's time for us to head out to the hotline. Oh, our next friend. Bud, let me just start off. Jamie, a.k.a. Mr. Green, you made it. You made it, bud. Last day with the little ones at school. You made it. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. <laughs> you still sound <laughs> like death warmed over, by the way. Have you gone to see a medical professional yet? Have you decided to go to the store and just get some over-the-counter medicine? What are you doing? Man, you should have heard me last night. Like, I sound 100% better than I did last night. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, the the medical professional I spoke to said, you have a sinus infection. Okay, uh, can I have some antibiotics? No, just take some Sudafed. Bruh, okay. Uh, bruh, so, it may be time for you to get a different medical professional. <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying, it may, it may be time for you to make a different decision in your personal life, my friend. That'd be all right. 
I'll just be a sexy bass for a while. We'll be good to go. Uh, this man just said, he, the, this man just said he's going to be sexy day, bass. Let me, let me ask this. <laughs> so, if we go to single elimination form, is that going to, like, is that going to affect Arkansas or some of these other big teams no. getting into the postseason? No. No, right? Okay, I didn't think so. So, you hit a home run. hey Seriously, though, go to the single format, uh, single elimination format, because it's not like it matters if they don't get another shot. It just gives them extra time to prepare for the regional that they're going to get. The double elimination only helps those smaller, those smaller teams the, the, uh, in conferences, the, the South, uh, Southland, the Sun Belt, the, you know, whatever. I mean, the SEC, they're going to have most of their teams in the, in the regionals anyway. You know, that might be an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. They're always going to have a lot. A lot. Correct. Same with the ACC. So just, you know, instead of being money hungry, go to the single elimination and just go ahead and knock it out, be done with it, and, you know, let Arkansas go and let Alabama go or LSU or whoever and make early exits and have, like, some no-name team win it all. There we go, bud. Jamie, enjoy your final day with the little ones. I know it's only a half day, but enjoy it, my friend. And seriously, you need to look into going to a different medical professional. <laughs> Appreciate it. We'll talk to you all later. <laughs> yeah, you could just go – look, just, just go single elimination. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Or, moving forward, examine how you do this. Because we we have this issue every year because it's the time of the year where rain plays a role at the conference tournament. Why not have two sites? I, why not have two sites? Credit the Southland Conference because they had to do this based out of necessity. I want to say the idea came from Northwestern State where they're like, well, why don't you split the conference tournament. The one seed has half the bracket. The two seed has the other half of the bracket. You can still keep double elimination. That's fine. You play those one weekend, and then the next weekend you have a best two out of three championship series. Now, I don't think you could do that in the Sun Belt or the SEC because you'd have to give up conference games, right, on the schedule to be able to squeeze that in because, remember, McNeese – who's your one seed, is taking on Southeastern, your two seed in a best two out of three series starting tonight. Six o'clock, first pitch at the Joe, by the way. But I don't think they would go for that, but why not do two sites? Or, or just, you know, just, just go, hey, we can have it at multiple places. That way you have the flexibility of playing their earlier games at two different ballparks. Right, Just split it up. That way games can go on at the same time. But they're not going to do that. And here's why. Because it comes down to television re revenue. Every game is broadcast. You see how that works for the SEC? Now, you can get it on the plus and the streaming services for the other smaller conferences, but it's not big boy money. Right? So the SEC is not going to split that up and have games going on at the same time because that means they have to sacrifice one of the team's so that's why the SEC will never get around to doing the two sites. They should think about it. The Sun Belt maybe could. The Sun Belt may be a little bit more receptive to that. But once again, you may not need to go to a split format for your conference tournaments 
like the Southland did if you just adjust on the fly like the Sunbelt did by going from double to single elimination. Hey, we got to get our games in by Sunday. What do we need to do to make this happen? Let's look. Okay, take out a double elimination. Sorry, guys. We're going single elimination. Done. And do you really think Arkansas is going to be all that upset if you have to go tell Pig Suey, hey, guys, you lost Alabama. That puts you in the loser's bracket, and we've decided to get rid of double elimination. You think they're going to care? They're the number 13 team in the country. They're going to gear up for possibly hosting a regional. They're not going to care. They're going to care. They're going to be like, all right, thanks. Now we don't have to sit here in the hotel room waiting to play a game. We'll go home. We can prepare for an NCAA regional. Like, Just move on. Get it together. Move on. That's what needs to happen. Will it happen? I don't know. Once again, LSU is scheduled, scheduled to play Kentucky this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Will that game actually be played? I don't know. Will that game be played on time? More than likely, no. So we'll see. It is Thursday and LSU still hasn't played a game. It's Thursday morning and LSU still hasn't played a game. It's Thursday morning and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns have yet to play a game. And here's the other part of this. And not to be the stick in the mud, so to speak, on this. But you knew what the forecast said it was going to be last weekend. Both Sunbelt and SEC knew what was on tap coming up this week. This week, They knew it was supposed to be awful weather. They knew there was going to be times. You heard Chris Blair, the voice of the Tigers, say when they arrived on Sunday in Hoover that they were there were conversations being had then. Uh, are we going to go to a single elimination format? Are we going to go to seven inning games? What are we going to do? Yet the SEC hasn't pulled the trigger to make the, the decision that's probably needed to be made. It'd be different if today wasn't 90% chance of thunderstorms and 40 mile per hour winds. I'd say, yeah, chance it. If it was even 40% chance of rain, 40 to 45% chance of rain and only like 10 mile per hour winds and no lightning, I'd say get after it. Try to get some games in. Play as many as you can. But that's not the conditions. Those are not the conditions currently in place in Alabama. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the old SEC. 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 It just means more. Seriously, if Greg Sankey wants my opinion, he can feel free to call the hotline. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. If you're listening, Greg, why wouldn't Greg be listening? He's probably downloaded the mobile app. Right? We assume. Why wouldn't he? He's met some of the station personnel before. Why not download the mobile app? Be like Greg Sankey. Download the mobile app today. It's free to do so. For your Android or Apple devices. You can also catch us on your Alexa. 
on Google Home. Or you can simply listen to us by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and stream us live from your desktop computer. Say what? Say what? And if you're here in lovely Acadiana, you can also simulcast us on Stadium Network. 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. There you go. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? Hotlines will be open this hour. Once again, game hotline 337-706-0111. We have two guests in hour number three, so you want to get your phone calls in. Today is the day to do it. You want to try to position yourself to be possibly the game changer of the week. Today's the day you got to get those calls in, get those submissions in. Give us a call. Give us a holler. We want to hear from you. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms, though. They also take care of your outdoor living spaces and your man caves look we know you love to entertain lmg knows you love to entertain for game days in the fall right you're cheering on the cajuns or the cowboys saints or the tigers you love to have the friends over the boys over family over why don't you do that in style be the envy of your neighborhood go visit their website lmgelite.com today that's lmgelite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and great products that lafayette marble and granite has to offer live inventory is updated every single wednesday look if you want to get that outdoor living space that man cave to be the envy of your neighborhood for the fall got to give them a call you got to go visit them you got to set up an appointment today So they can make sure to get all that done before football season comes around, which will be right around the corner. Visit LMGElite.com or simply stop by their showroom located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Lafayette Marble and Granite is looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Me, oh my, crawfish pie. Top Gun Maverick. Premiere will be tonight. Congratulations to the dozens upon dozens of winners for that. It will be a fun time. I will be there. Hannah Five Names will be there. Allegedly, Matt Miguez will be there, co-host of Crunch Time. I do not believe James Mesh will be showing up because he'll be washing his Boston Celtics jersey, um, which I don't think has been washed since the beginning of the playoffs. He allegedly says it has been, but yet. I don't know. It stands up by itself. It's weird. Um, so <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so we will should have a great time tonight. And then we'll see if we actually have baseball games for the SEC tournament. Some belts push theirs 
has gone ahead and been proactive and has decided to push theirs over to Friday going single elimination format. LSU, the SEC are still trying to play double elimination baseball. Not really think it's going to happen. Just saying. Don't think it's going to fly. We'd be the better way of describing that because, look, 90% chance of thunderstorms, 40 mile per hour winds today. I just don't see a scenario where they're going to be able to get these games in. I could be wrong. LSU is scheduled, scheduled to play Kentucky Wildcats. Big Blue, Big Blue. Shout out to Big Blue. Big Blue and the Purple and Gold are supposed to be playing at 4 o'clock. Maybe they'll play. Maybe they'll play later tonight. Maybe they'll start the game at 10 o'clock. Who knows? We'll keep you posted. Not to worry. We'll let you know what's going on. We'll keep you in the loop, in the know, if you will, with what's going on. Or we'll try to. Because I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Just, I don't know why you don't make this decision yesterday. But I get it. They're trying to squeeze in as much as they can. They're trying to do what they can. I get it. Money's involved. I understand. Really, I do. It's not that I don't. I truly do understand why they're trying to do this. I just think it's silly. It should be an easy fix. You just change it, move on. Just change it and move on. That's all you got to do. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy, Doug. Doug, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind this morning, my friend? Oh, Ray. The SEC, it's all about the money, Ray. It's not about the. It's all. It's it's not about the game. It's about the money. They want that TV revenue. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. I tell you what, though, Ray. You're probably not going to see any baseball games today for sure. Maybe even tomorrow. It, it, it so sure it will, sure doesn't look that way, Doug. Right? We got some softball games, Ray. We got some softball games. I know, today. bud. Texas, Texas hooks up with Arkansas today. Arkansas and Mississippi State, the only two SEC teams left in this um, College World Series. Uh, there's a lot. There's been a lot of good games. I've watched a lot of games, Ray. I tell you, this softball is top notch right now. And I expect to see Oklahoma standing at the end. Uh, yeah, who, even who, even who with the injury play? that they had to one of their star players, it, it sure does look like things have kind of corrected themselves and have set it up for them to, to win the, the title yet again. Oh, yeah. It, it's their second one uh, in a row. They won last year. I mean, this team is hot. They're just hot. They've got the players. they got the coach. They got the team. This Oklahoma team is just something now. Oklahoma State gave them a run in the Big 12. They took the Big 12 from Oklahoma. That's right. Florida. Oh, Florida. I forgot about Florida. Florida's making their way up through, too, uh, at Virginia Tech, right? They're going to meet up Virginia Tech tomorrow. Florida's playing good ball right now. So, the SEC's still in it. Uh, And I'm hoping at least one team gets there. And I'm, I'm Figuring maybe Arkansas. Arkansas is a good team. They've, they've done well this year, and I expect them to be there, Ray. I anyway, got you, brother. 
No, no college baseball, but there's plenty of softball, Ray. There you go, bud. I appreciate the phone call, brother. Enjoy your softball today, my friend. Thank you, dude. Yeah, D- 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 Doug's like, they're not playing today. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yesterday we were on, and they were trying to get the Auburn-Kentucky game started. It was supposed to be the first game of the day, and there was a rain delay before there was even a first pitch. Like, <laughs> like it's just like, really? Really? Mm, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, you're getting two games in. It'll be next Wednesday before they're done. Next Wednesday before they're done. Hey, you know who is playing today, though? I mean, these Cowboys. Number one seed in the Southland Conference Tournament. They won the regular season championship. Justin Hill's team did. They're going to be taking on Southeastern Louisiana, the two seed. They did the great thing where they split the bracket into two different locations. Now they're having a best two out of three series, championship series, which begins tonight. First pitch, 6 o'clock at the Joe, Joe Miller Ballpark. And this should be really good. Stands should be packed over there. Weather is supposed to be nice. All three games scheduled for this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday if needed, obviously, game three if needed, are all going to be at 6 o'clock. And this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Probable pitching matchup for tonight. Uh, it looks like Grant Rogers, 7-4 and four on the season. ERA of 4 is going to be taking the bump, the righty for McNeese. Adam Guth for Southeastern, the big lefty, 4-1 and one on the season, but ERA north of 5 are going to be your probable pitching matchups for tonight's game. They have not announced the probables for Friday. But I do like the fact that McNeese was able to rely on its bullpen during its part of the bracket, the Lake Charles bracket. So their rotation, their their starters are going to be somewhat fresh. And they had the additional day off. They wrapped up things on Saturday Southeastern needed to beat UNO in dramatic fashion on Sunday, so they had to play in more games. So Menice is going to be at home. Menice is going to have an extra day off. Menice was able to utilize their bullpen and keep their starter, uh, their, their rotation fresher. And they beat Southeastern all three times during the regular season, so it should be advantage Cowboys, but this is a championship series, and this is baseball. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Now, here's McNeese's history at the Southland Conference Tournament. This is their 20th appearance in the Southland Conference Tournament, 10th straight overall, and 9th consecutive under Justin Hill, who passed Tony Robichaux for most wins all time last weekend. They're 4-1 in tournament championship games. So... They've been here. They've done this. They know how to win when it gets to this stage. And they're trying to win the championship for the third consecutive season after they beat Central Arkansas back in 2019 and Sam Houston in 2021. Neither one of those teams are in the conference anymore, by the way. They went on to greener pastures or what they thought was going to be greener pastures. But that's a discussion for another day. This will be the first ever meeting between McNeese and Southeastern in the championship round in the tournament finals. 
but it is the eighth overall in the tournament. So they typically play each other in the tournament. They just have never faced off with the championship on the line. But I told you that Mignice had defeated Southeastern all three games during the regular season, but in postseason play when they've met up, McNeese leads the series 4-3, to three, but did beat Southeastern twice in last year's tournament. So the Lions lost all three games this regular season. They lost to McNeese twice in the tournament last season. Who do you think is going to have an axe to grind starting tonight? The Lions, for sure. Absolutely. So we'll see. Southland Conference Player of the Year, Peyton Harden, Pitcher of the Year, Grant Rogers, Relief Pitcher of the Year, Cameron Foster, and your Coach of the Year, Justin Hill, all on McNeese. So they got the award winners. They have home field advantage. They won all three games during the regular season. They beat them last postseason. They're the defending champs. They're well-rested. All the advantages point to McNeese. But that does not mean that the Cowboys are not going to have their hands full. I expect this to be one heck of a championship series for the Southland Conference Tournament Championship as well as the automatic qualifier for an NCAA regional. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. Hotline is still open. You want to get those phone calls in. Now's the time because we have our guests backloaded on today's show all in the 8 o'clock hour. Give us a call. Hotline's open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 and company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, today's the day that you're going to join the game clubhouse. Not because that's what all the cool kids are doing, but because once you become a member, you're going to have the opportunity to win great free stuff. First of all, it's easy to sign up. Simply visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Click on the clubhouse rewards tab, sign up. You will earn 500 points by just becoming a member. You're a new member. You sign up today. Boom, 500 points. And then you can earn points by leaving comments and doing other things. And then you can use those points. Think of it as your currency, so to speak, to win free stuff like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse down at Cypress Bayou. Mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection, tremendous sides, and so much more. But you can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. We asked you, should the NCAA push back Selection Monday back a day? Or just push it back a day? 
right now, 55% of you, I'm sorry, updated, more votes, 61% of you say yes, 39% say no. JPK, the OD, who flooded the timeline yesterday with a plethora of delicious food photos, I believe this man is somehow a chef in his spare time, says, nope. Go single elimination. If it, they that gets rained out, take it indoors with an old school game of horse or better yet, Sankey. Because uh, instead of spelling horse, you spell the commissioner's name. You see what he did there? Yes. <laughs> Brad on Twitter says, no, the SEC in particular is probably going to get 10 teams in the NCAAs anyway. Thank you. And given the number one seeds track record the last 20 years, who the hell wants that? Go Tigers. Yeah, if you're Tennessee, by the way, number one seed for the SEC tournament, number one overall team in the country. The last time a team entered regional play as the number one overall seed and actually won the national championship was 1999. That's been a minute. That's been a generation ago. So, you know, but Brad's right. Like, Arkansas lost to Alabama yesterday. That's a ball, right? If you're the Razorbacks, you're not happy about that. Does that mean that Arkansas is not going to be in a regional? Nope. There you go. Nope. Just go single elimination, get it done. Salty Steve has chimed in. Mother Nature 2, LSU 0. This is correct. Mother Nature's flexing up. They're like, Mother Nature's like, hey, LSU, I saw how dominant, how great you were in Nashville, huh? Skull drug the poor Commodores. Well, guess what? I'm skull drugging this tournament. Game over. I'm running things. Yeah, Mother Nature's undefeated. I'm just, <laughs> you know, yeah, you can plan everything that you want to plan out. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a tournament. It's going to be great. We're going to have all these fans and all this stuff. Yeah, and Mother Nature's like, uh, what had happened was I decided not to. Ton on Twitter has says, should they? Yes. Will they? Doubtful. Chico has chimed in with one of my favorite gifts from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with Danny DeVito shaking his head. Nope. Nope. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Right now, 61% of you do say they should Make arrangements and push back selection Monday back a day. I don't believe they should, and nor do I believe they will. Other tournaments are being able to get all of those in. And yes, it just means more in the SEC. And yes, the SEC has some of the best teams in the country. They're probably going to put, what, eight teams into the regional field? Eight, maybe nine this year. They have all the tradition. Your defending national champs are from the SEC. I get it. I do. I understand. But just go to single elimination, and this solves all your issues. And you won't have any more issues. It's kind of just that easy. It just really is. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Astros. Well, they actually got to play their game yesterday because they're in Houston and not Hoover. So that big advantage for them. 
They win an old-fashioned game. And when I mean old-fashioned game, it's not a slugfest. There wasn't 18 home runs. It was a hard-fought, good, compelling type of game. Last night's game was what I call a Kevin Foote game. 2-1-3-2 type of game. That's the ones that are his jams. That's in his wheelhouse. He doesn't like when his team scores 12 runs in a game. He doesn't even like it if they score more than five. He likes them to score a minimal amount of runs and have good pitching. And that's exactly what they had last night. It's exactly what they got last night. Get the victory over the Guardians. Still trying to figure out, get my mind around saying that over and over again. Hard fought win. Got some timely hits. Yuli Gurriel continues to improve. Gets, he continues to hit his way out of that early season slump that he had last year's batting champion. Bregman gets a hit. He's improving, rising, raising his average, so to speak. And now the Shros get the rare day off because it's the way the schedule it is with the 162 games, and they had to take days off in between series to make sure that this happened. And now they will be prepared for a long road trip. Three games at Seattle. And as great as the Astros are playing right now, they're up to 29 wins. They're first place in the AL West. Uli's turning things around. Bregman's turning things around. They're getting great performances from all the other pitchers, not named Justin Verlander, who has been phenomenal. Bullpen looks good. Dusty Baker's making good decisions. And I know Seattle's in the toilet. But that's the type of series, like, this road trip, you got to be mindful if you're the Houston Astros because you're going to be taking on the two worst teams in your division and they have nothing to lose. And you're still the Astros and you're still the defending American League champions. And you're still the bar, right? You're still one of the best teams in the league, have been that way for five years. These teams can help turn their season around by beating you. That's how this works. So this is not going to be a cakewalk. On paper, if you just look at the standings, you look at the rosters, you look at the talent, you look at the pitching rotations, you should the Astros should go in there and mow down the Mariners this weekend and then take down the Athletics early next week and then go into Kansas City and whoop up on them too. They are going to be favored in all of these series, and they should win all three of these series. Make no bones about it. But it's tough to win on the road. And it's going to be a long road trip, a week and a half, on the West Coast. Seattle's not going to be – that's not going to be an easy series. I'm telling you, it's just not going to be an easy series. The way they've been playing – it should be an easy series for the Astros. But Seattle and Oakland, these are division rivals. It 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 just it the pressure and the energy level gets ratcheted up a bit for these type of series. So yes, Stros are feeling good about themselves. First place in the American League West, rolling right along. Everything's going their way. 
But funny things happen on road trips. Weird things happen. Weird games happen on road trips. And make no bones about it. Seattle will be amped up to play Houston. Oakland, even though management and the ownership has gutted that team and is putting to, putting a product that is awful to watch. Those guys that are on the team still have something to prove. And it will mean the world to them in Seattle and in Oakland the next week if they can beat the Astros. And Seattle's already proven that they can beat the Astros because they did it earlier this season. Baseball is a long year. Long, 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 long. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, should the Astros be confident heading into this road trip? Absolutely. Absolutely they should be. Should they win all three of these series at Seattle, at Oakland, and at Kansas City? They sure should. Will they and will it be easy? Baseball is a very humbling sport. And just when you think that you're invincible and you can win them all, the baseball gods humble you in a heartbeat. I'd be willing to bet you Kevin Foote shares my same mindset on this. When you play teams that are at the bottom of the standings and you're a very good team, even a great team like the Strohs are right now, those teams always gear up, get up to play you every single time. Every single time. Because it's a big deal. You coming to town, Houston going to Seattle gives that city juice for that series. People want to see the Astros. They want to root against the Astros. The Astros have been to three World Series in the last five years. That's box office. People will come out Season ticket holders that may be staying at home because Seattle is in a free fall right now will come out to see them take on the Astros. The same thing will happen in Oakland, even though they're essentially giving tickets away now for the athletics. But it will be the same thing in the Bay early next week. And it will be the same thing in Kansas City. They will come out to see the Strohs because the Strohs are coming to town. And when you get that type of buzz... When the team leading the division, when the team has been to three World Series championships in the last five years, they come to town, they get up, they get up, they get fired up, their fans get fired up. This road trip is not going to be a cakewalk for the Houston Astros. It will be a challenge for them. Make no bones about it. On paper, should be easy victories. But if you know baseball and you pay attention to baseball, you know good and well it's not going to be that way. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we will wrap up our number two. Want to get some phone calls in? Get them in now. Hotline's open 337 706 0111. That's 337 706 0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, uh, the game. Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's right. Listen up. Let's say you uh, have a special event. Maybe it's your 10-year anniversary. 
It's mine today, by the way. Let's say you got your anniversary. But you're a little low on cash. The gas prices are eating up your wallet in a bad way, right? Going a little tough right now. We want to help you. Because if you become a member of our clubhouse, which is free to join, easy to join, simply go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, click on the clubhouse rewards tab, you can become a member, sign up, you earn points. It's simple, man. Once you become a member, you're going to have the opportunity to win free stuff to help you with those date night blues. That way you can take your lady out and have a good time and show her how much you appreciate her. How about a $50 gift certificate to Afshul Oyster House? Great, delicious Gulf seafood prepared how you like it, how you want it. You can take your lady out, have a good time, show her how much you appreciate you appreciate her. But you can only do that if you become a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up. Do yourself a favor. Do your lady a favor. Become a member of our clubhouse so you can win that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. Woo! But you got to join. Go visit today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Should the NCAA push back Selection Monday by a day? Right now, 64% of you say yes. 36% say no. The comments reflect a lot of no's. They should. The voting says yes. Hmm. Interesting. What's going on here? The people that say yes aren't leaving their votes because they don't want to be ridiculed by the others. No, I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe you just don't want to comment. But we encourage interaction. Not to worry. And don't be afraid. Leave your comments. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. I'll say this. I don't think they should. The Sun Belt has already shown you how to fix this. Meet, discuss, go single elimination, be done with it. Quarterfinals Friday, semis Saturday, championship Sunday. Done, done, done. Boom. Supposed to be beautiful weather this weekend in the Hoover-Montgomery area starting Friday morning. There you go. Problem solved. Done. Be done with it. I just don't think the NCAA should grant special circumstances and give special favoritism to the SEC. I mean, they already do that anyway, but I'm just, let's be real for a minute. But that's just my point. I don't think they should. Just go single elimination, get it in. Keep those votes, though, coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, we got to take a timeout. Because hour number two has come to a close. But don't be sad. Hour number three is here. Right around the bend. Les East from CrescentCitySports.com is going to be joining us. Talking Saints, talking Pelicans. That's up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, let's kick off our number three with some positive news coming out of the SEC baseball tournament, shall we? I have received an email letting myself know, due to impending weather, you don't mean it. The start time for game six between Texas A&M and Florida is to be announced. Stadium gates will open one hour prior to first pitch. We all got to make sure to get that fan fest in. What are we doing, SEC? Like, what are we doing, man? Like, come on. Can someone just interject? Can someone pull somebody aside and go, for real? Like, like what what we doing here? What we doing? We gave you the weather forecast earlier for Hoover, Alabama today. Would you like to know what it is? I'll give it to you. In case you weren't listening earlier. 90% chance of storms. 40 mile per hour winds. Let's try to get four baseball games in today, shall we? With aluminum bats. Let's make it happen. Got to get that fan fest open, though. Got to make sure that's going. Come on, man. I'm actually sitting here at this desk this morning. At 8.04. Applauding the Sunbelt Conference for having the, I don't know, common sense to look at the situation and go... This is awful. Guys, we're not going to be able to play these games. Weather is going to leave. The bad Thunder Boomers are going to be leaving. Why don't we just go single elimination, play our quarterfinal games on Friday, semis on Saturday, championship game on Sunday, and call it a day. Boom, and that's exactly what they did. The SEC, meanwhile... By the way, the Sunbelt Tournament's in Montgomery, which is like 50 minutes away from Hoover. Depending on how fast you drive. That's a story for another day. The SEC, though, meanwhile, is like, nah, man, we're good. Mother Nature just means more to us. Double elimination. We're keeping it. We're not canceling games. We're not doing this. Come on, man. What are we doing? Just do the same thing. Go single elimination. Don't have any games today. Just push it all to Friday. Play your quarters Friday. Play your semis on Saturday. Play your championship round on Sunday. This is simple. It's not too hard. But that television revenue, that TV money, that TV greed is making the SEC try to fight Mother Nature. Mother Nature's putting the smack down on them like nobody's business. But yeah, first game of the day, which was supposed to be played yesterday which has been a tradition like none other this week. Uh, We don't know when it's going to start. So remember when I told you that the projected start time for LSU versus Kentucky this afternoon at 4 o'clock was likely not going to start at 4 o'clock? There you go. There you go. We'll keep you abreast of the developments there with the SEC tournament. Right now, though, let's get our happy on. Let's talk New Orleans Saints football. Let's talk New Orleans Pelicans basketball with one of the best writers, columnists, and just all-around good guys in the sports media business, our friend from CrescentCitySports.com, a man who always uses common sense, the one and only Mr. Les East. Les, 
Good morning, my friend. How are you, brother? I'm doing well, Rand. Uh, SEC may not realize it, but uh, they're going to be playing a single elimination tournament. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I don't know why they're trying to fight it so much. I know why because of the TV revenue. I get it. I know why they're doing it, but uh, yeah, they're they're not going to have a choice. Less, there's just going to be no way around it. No, that I mean, it's just so only so many hours in a day. I mean, I don't even think you can go in a Memorial Day like you used to because of the way the the bid day is set up. So uh, they have to have their champion crowned, I think, by sometime on Sunday. So uh, I mean, they're, they're going to have to do the math unless they're going to play, you know, around the clock. And they have games at three o'clock in the morning. I think they're going to put pencil to paper and figure out they don't have time to play an entire tournament. Yeah, I, I didn't think I'd see the day where the Sun Belt Conference was making smarter choices than the SEC, but here we are. And shout out to the Sun Belt for doing it because they looked at the situation. They're like, okay, we got three teams that are going to make regionals anyway. Let's just go single elimination and move on with it. And that's what they did, Les. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. And their, their considerations are baseball considerations and not TV considerations. So that's exactly. where the common sense comes in. All right, bud. Speaking of common sense, uh, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. I know workouts and some mini camps have begun. Uh, we got to see Tyron Matthew in action and everything. What stood out to you early here with some of the new faces and uh, all the guys kind of coming together under Dennis Allen? Well, you know, we'll know more later today. They they practiced Tuesday and Wednesday, but that was closed to us. So we're, we're going to be able to watch them uh, later this morning. And then uh, Dennis Allen and the players will speak after practice today. So all we know basically is what the, the Saints have put out in terms of pictures on their website and video. So uh, we'll know a lot more later today. But, uh, you know, Tyron is there and obviously has had an impact already. I think CJGJ tweeted something about how impressed he was uh, with, with uh, just playing alongside Tyron for the first time, even in a, in a workout. And, um, Mike Thomas is on hand, and I don't know that he's done much on the field, but he's there, which is a good sign. I think his his uh, commitment is as uh, big a story as his ankle, if kind of big a win. So the fact that he's there is significant. Even if he's not doing a whole lot, Jameis Winston has been on the field. We know that much. So uh, the big question is, uh, Alvin Kamara, is he there? And if he is, will he speak? for the first time since his arrest in Las Vegas. So, you know, there there's a lot of um, uh, role-taking that will happen when we get on the practice field today to see exactly who's there and who's not, because this is a voluntary uh, OTA program. The minicamp next month will be mandatory. Do you take any stock whatsoever that a lot of the guys, though, are taking part in this voluntary you know this voluntary like mini mini camp because they don't have to be there, right? Uh, they don't have to do anything uh, until actual it's it's mandatory. Is that a good sign, or do you take any stock in that whatsoever, Les? Yeah, I think it's a good sign. It's an unusual situation in that for for years they had uh, nearly a hundred percent participation in the voluntary program, uh, partly because they had built up. 
um, the program over the years. You know, Sean Payton had instilled it in the players, and the players had uh, bought into the program. And I think more significantly, uh, Drew Brees was kind of the leader of that and convinced his teammates to be there with him. And then, and so for years, it was a foregone conclusion that it would be virtually 100% participation. Then COVID hit, and two years ago, they didn't have a regular OTA program. Last year, Sean Payton decided to scale back, and they didn't really have uh, typical practices. They did a lot of classroom work and stuff. So this is the first time in three years, the first time without Drew, first time without Sean, that they're having this. So it's kind of a test of the the commitment that the players have to Dennis Allen and the current program. And so the more people that are there, I think the better the sign. And it's just a matter of trust that, that you know, Allen's going to trust that the players are going to be there and the ones that aren't there are going to do the necessary work on their own. And then the players also have to trust Dennis the way they trusted John in that if they do show up, that he's going to have an understanding that, you know, they have a 17-game uh, regular season coming up, and their bye week is like in December, it seems like. So uh, there's a grind coming ahead, and they have to trust that he's not going to overwork them in the, in the early state. We're still in spring. We're not even in summer yet. So, you know, this will be a sign of the relationship Allen has with the players uh, as they try and do this for the first time in three years. So I don't know how much it will ultimately mean, but symbolically I think it's kind of important right now. And if there's a very high attendance rate, I think that would be a good sign. How important, Les, do you believe it is for Dennis to kind of be hands-off with the offense? He doesn't know it, right? He's the defensive coordinator who's been made a head coach. How important is it for him just to sit back and let Carmichael do his thing and just run the offense? Well, I think it's kind of a fine line. He's got to walk. I think he wants to uh, leave it to, to Pete Carmichael. You know, that that's going to be Pete's baby now, and, and Dennis can focus on the defense. And, um, you know, Pete's kind of coming out of Sean's shadow. He's been the offensive coordinator for years now. But, you know, it was Sean's offense, and now Sean's gone. And so I think, Dennis wants to give Carmichael an opportunity to kind of step out of Sean's shadow and 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 not encroach on on Pete's territory and let him establish himself as the clear cut leader of the offense. At the same time, he is the head coach now, and the offense is under his jurisdiction to some degree, and he's going to have to make game day decisions about the offense, you know, when, you know, when to go for fourth down, when to go for two points and game plan and such. So uh, I, I don't think he wants to uh, distance himself too much from it, but I do think he wants to, you know, give some autonomy to, to Pete, especially this time of year. So it's, it's a bit of a balancing act and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that uh, during practice when we're able to watch, um, you know, how he um, carries himself over the field while both units are out there. What do we know about Jameis Winston? Is he going to be a full participant for mandatory uh, minicamp? Yes or no? 
My guess would be no, but that he'll be uh, close enough and that he'll be in pretty good shape when training camp starts, but I, I don't think they're going to rush him back. Uh, I, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of contact in minicamp. We'll, we'll know more. You know, I think it's June 14th is the first day in the minicamp, but I, I would suspect that there's going to be some sort of limitations on him uh, all the way till training camp, if not into the early stages of training camp. We're talking with Les East, the award-winning columnist reporter for ChristmasCitySports.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, Les, let's shift gears to the New Orleans Pelicans for a little bit here. Off-season has arrived for them. You know, I'm interested to see what they do now that they have the number eight pick. What do you think they're going to do? Do you believe they're going to trade up, or do you think they're going to package a player with that pick, or do you think they're just going to stand pat and just – take a player there at number eight? I don't know. And I don't think David Griffin knows. And I think that the good thing for him and the Pelicans is that, uh, that they have every reason to be open to every possibility, everything you mentioned, because uh, they had so much success last year. They expect to be adding Zion Williamson to the mix for next year. Their, their core is young and ascending. Uh, so there's every reason to think they're going to be a, an appreciably better team next year, regardless of what they do with the number eight pick. So if there's somebody higher than eight uh, who's going to go higher than eight that they really want, I think they have enough assets that they can move up and get him. But they don't have to do that. And if they want to trade down and, and build up assets for the next year or two and, you know, and, uh, increase their chances of adding to this roster for the long term. They can do that, or they can go for a veteran player in a trade to get a more uh, veteran presence on what is still a young team. You saw the difference C.J. McCollum made with the trade last year. Another veteran player could be important, but uh, so I think they they're going to pick what is the best option based on the trade possibilities that are out there and that they'll do what they feel uh, enhances the roster the best. But the the good thing for them is uh, they don't have to go out. They don't have to do A, B, or C. They can wait and see what the options are and determine what has the best value for them. Is Jackson Hayes on this roster for next season? My guess would be probably, I don't even want to say probably. If I have to pick, I would say no, but I would say it's. it wouldn't shock me if he was still here. I think he is one of the most marketable um, people they have to dangle in any sort of trade possibilities. His playing time could be limited with Zion coming back because he's probably going to play the position that Jackson played last year. Um, and he's, you know, though he has played well at times, he has been inconsistent for all three years. So I don't think moving him would be a huge loss for this team, and yet he's he's a helpful player who I think is going to continue to get better. So he has value to them, but he may have more value uh, as a piece in a trade if they find that they can do something 
uh, uh, to get a veteran player that helps them. So I, it would not surprise me at all if he were moved at some point during the offseason. One more for you, Les. What about Devontae Graham? Well, he's in a, uh, a similar situation in Jackson in that he's a guy that they don't necessarily they don't have a defined role for him at this point. I mean, he got moved to the bench after the McCollum trade. Kyra Lewis Jr. is coming back from the injury, so you know he's, his minutes are going to be kind of limited. And he didn't have a great year last year, so uh, I think that he will definitely be shopped around because. Of, Whatever they can get from him in the trade is probably going to be of more value than he's going to be in the rotation next year. So, again, it will be a question of whether they find the right deal. But I think they would probably be more proactive in Devontae's case because I think it's going to be harder to find a role for him than it would be to find uh, for Jackson because Jackson can back up at two positions. Les, appreciate your time as always. Tell the people what you got coming up uh, on your byline there, there at ChristenCitySports.com, bud. Well, of course, we have uh, OTAs. I will have uh, you know something on the Saints getting the offseason program underway, and uh, we'll continue to cover the offseason program. We're going to have availability the next three Thursdays beginning today, and then, of course, the mini camp in June. And uh, shortly thereafter, I'll be getting my uh, annual countdown to training camp, which will be a position-by-position look at the roster between the end of the off-season program and the beginning of the preseason program. Les, always appreciate your time, brother. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week and your uh, holiday weekend. Recharge those batteries, brother, and we'll talk to you next week, bud. Thanks, Raymond. Enjoy that SEC baseball if it ever happens. <laughs> That's a big what if. <laughs> Les East from CrescentCitySports.com joining us. Hey, trivia question time. I got two tickets to Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids. You love jamming out to some alternative music? Boom, I got the tickets for you. They're free. Burning a hole in my back pocket. I have to give them away, and you are going to win them. This morning, possibly right now, you call, first one to call our hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111 with the correct answer to this trivia question. You're going to win two tickets to Downtown Rising featuring Cold War Kids. Two tickets. Downtown Rising, featuring Cold War kids. But you got to answer this trivia question correctly. Be the first one to do so. Call the game hotline, 337-706-0111. The question is, what year did the Louisiana Raging Cajuns baseball team win their first NCAA regional game? What year did UL baseball team win their first NCAA regional game? I'll give you a hint. They won multiple games that year. They finally broke through and won multiple games that year, including against an in-state foe. Once again, what year did UL win its first NCAA baseball regional game? Give us the correct year, and you can win a pair of tickets to Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids. But you got to call us on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. 
That's 337-706-0111. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now. Hey, it's Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. That pain in your back, your knees and your shoulder that you're experiencing, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and no surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action right now. Get a free consultation. Powerful effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here call qc kinetics right now 337-243-4222 that's 337-243-4222 let's check in in the old poll question of the day while we have a few minutes here coming up in about five minutes from now jared pete joseph our friend from BR Proud Television in Baton Rouge will join us, talk a little Southern baseball, a little LSU baseball. That'll be coming up. But right now, let's check in on the poll question of the day. We asked you, and it was a bold one, should the NCAA push back Selection Monday a day? And 60, well, it's changed. 59% of you now say yes. 41% say no. And look, I say no. Just go to single elimination and be done with it. There's no need to extend this. There's no need to do this. I understand why the SEC is adamant about doing this. But when you're sending out emails about a game that's been rescheduled multiple times, not even being able to start today to be announced, not even, hey, in 30 minutes it's going to start or an hour it's going to start. It's just a big old TBA. Maybe you should just go ahead and switch from double elimination to single elimination keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day leave your thoughts in written form on facebook and twitter just make sure you keep it clean for the kids let's give a shout out to ryan artigo from church point he's our winner got the trivia question correct for those downtown rising tickets What year did UL baseball team win its first NCAA regional game? It was 1991. They actually won three of them, advanced to the championship round. They beat Northwestern State. Sorry, Jamie Green. They beat South Alabama, and they beat Texas A&M before falling in the regional championship round. But that was the first year that the Raging Cajuns won a regional 
game was 1991. Ryan Artigo from Church Point is our winner. He's got two tickets to downtown rising to see Cold War kids perform just in a few weeks. Shout out to him. We got to take a timeout. When we return, Jared P. Joseph from BR Proud Television and Baton Rouge will join us. We're going to talk Southern. We're going to talk LSU baseball. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 26, 2013. Tony Kanan becomes the fourth Brazilian to win the Indianapolis 500. It's the fastest Indy 500 win in history, with Kanan's average speed 187.433 miles per hour. The record stands until 2021. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company. Nothing but rain, rain, and rain affecting conference tournament action. And SEC is announced that the game that was supposed to start today, which was left over from yesterday, has been delayed due to weather. And it's a big old TBA whenever that gets started. So that start time for LSU taking on Kentucky at 4 o'clock that we discussed, eh, not so much. Not so much. Once again, latest weather reports for our friends over in Hoover. 90% chance of storms today and 40-mile-per-hour winds. So SEC still trying to have a double elimination tournament. When time is running out, you have to get those done by Sunday. Have to have your championship games on Sunday. So we'll see what happens there if they can actually get it together. I sense not so much. <laughs> just being just being honest. I sense not greatness on the horizon here. That's just me. To talk more about the LSU baseball team, if they're going to play today or if they're going to play at all this weekend. And could they host a regional? As well as discuss the Southern Jaguars is our good friend. It's been a minute since he's been on the air, but we are welcoming him back with open arms. We're happy to have him, our friend from Baton Rouge, but also a Eunice legend, Jared P. Joseph from BR Proud News joins us now jared good morning to you brother how are you my friend it's been a while good morning man i'm good i'm happy to be back on thanks for having me uh i'm, I'm great uh how are you doing i hope you're dry you know we're not in the hoover right now so you should be you know well uh well you know uh, covered up and not with downpours right yeah yeah i'm i'm doing good but i have no issues um unlike unlike you know i'm 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 here in the the, the comfy confines of acadiana I don't have to worry about the nonsense that's going on over there. Um, Let's start with LSU. You've been able to see this team up close and personal this season. 
Uh, they've had an up and down year. They close strong right with the sweep at Vanderbilt where they absolutely dominate the Commodores. My question to you is this, though, Jared. Do you trust this team to make a run in the postseason, especially considering how up and down they've been all year? No. This is like that ex who tells you they'll change and they never do because, my goodness, LSU is very good or very bad depending on the situation. Like, that this past weekend is a reminder of, of why LSU is the most dangerous team in the country, including to itself, just a week after getting swept by Ole Miss in historic fashion. First time allowing Ole Miss to sweep you in Baton Rouge. You go to Vandy and you sweep them for the first time ever in Nashville. Now, I, I love this team where they can do offensively, but it often swings itself out of issues. We already know that it, it's the worst fielding team of the SEC. It, leads, it led the SEC in errors in the regular season. And you need your offense to basically make up for your defense. And the bullpen is really solid. But when it comes to having a starting rotation, if it's not Mikael Hilliard, how confident really can you be? Blake Money has not been the same since conference play started. And you're looking for, you know, you need three to four starters, whatever you're trying to find your way to Omaha. You get to Omaha, you need four starters, and you only have one solid one at the moment. And it, it, it's a lot of, you know, turning, you know, deciding which lineup is better for you. Uh, they've made a bit of a defensive uptick ever since Collier Cranford took over at third base. But that is also due to the injuries we see in right now. We we are all you know a little frustrated, especially those who are in Hoover by the rain delay. But this benefits LSU maybe more than anybody else because you got to think about it. Gavin Duke got with the hand injury. Uh, K. Doty just had his shoulder popped back into place on television during Game Three against Vanderbilt. Jacob Berry had, was only hitting on his right side, but then that hand gets hit during the series at Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, I might be missing somebody at this point, but you know the, the key injuries continuing to stock up for LSU. Giving them a chance just to get healthy might be the best thing for them, even if the SEC tournament goes to single elimination. But uh, I don't know how to trust this team the way that they've they've been all year. It's they can compete with the best. They, I know they've had a down year, but they sweep Mississippi State. They win at Florida. They they win most of their away series. But let's also remember they got swept at Fayetteville and Arkansas dominated them. But you, you come home and you do really well. Might be a blessing in disguise that you don't face uh, Auburn, and whenever you do play Kentucky, it'll be Kentucky instead of Auburn. The way that Deshera was dominating against them during that series a couple of months ago. Jared, the, the pitching, you're right that you typically need four guys to make it to Omaha. They got one, and 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 Hilliard's good, but he's not dominant. He's he's a good, sometimes very good pitcher. Can they? at least get through a regional in your opinion by just piecing it together like they've done here in the last quarter of the season? I think they can. And I think it'll be much more beneficial if they can not go over in the SEC tournament and get a win or two to push themselves back into hosting contention. I think this team can at least get you to a super. And the way that they are, Perhaps it might be better because I've been talking about maybe they need to have it home so they get some momentum and some juice going. But this is the same team that has a lot of the players from last year who went to Eugene, Oregon, and were able to to win that regional and then find their way to Knoxville for the Supers. So I think this team can win you at least a regional, especially the way that they've been on the road all year. They, they I think they were four or five as far as the way series go, and. 
you know, outside of the Shriners Classic and not really being able to piece it together consistently for those three games, you know, that you get the walk off against Oklahoma, but Texas and UCLA weren't really ideal. Uh, either way, I do think that LSU can win you a regional, and I think they have what it takes just because of their road dominance. And look, you talk about how you need to be able to run the football in, in January and February on the road, especially. Well, you need to be able to, to swing. And I think LSU, if anything else, we know that they can swing. We're talking with Jared P. Joseph, sports anchor, reporter, and producer for BR Proud News. He joins us here in RP3 and Company. How many games do you believe they need to win for sure, for certain this week, whenever they do play, to be able to host a regional? Some people think they already got there with the 17 wins. I say they need to win at least one. What do you say, Jared? I say the same thing. You need at least one win, and I think you need to, to win it in a good fashion because, I mean, it all comes down to committee base as well. And I know everybody has seen what they've done in some kind of competition, but you can't you can't just go over. And especially with the long layoff and the long wait and, and everybody getting healthy, it'll be a week now because Mikhail didn't uh, Mikhail pitched on during that Thursday, Friday, Saturday series at Vanderbilt. So now he has a week off. If Mother Nature decides that baseball is the last today, he'll have that full time to get ready and to go. You know, give you five or six strong innings. But LSU definitely needs to have at least one win. You get one win, you'll be fine. If they get more than one win, there's I don't think there's a way they don't host. All right. Do you think they're going to play today at all? Um, you know, I wish instead of sending sports reporters to Hoover, we all had just sent a meteorologist because I have no idea. <laughs> I just, I just don't. But let me ask you this. I'll, I'll pivot here. Why not just go to single elimination tournament? I mean, it's Thursday now, and we still have three of the teams that received double buys, Jarrett, haven't even taken the field yet. Uh, the deadline to get stuff in is Sunday. Why not just make the decision to go to single elimination? Shouldn't that, shouldn't that be what they do? It, it, it should be. I'm not the powers that be, though. Maybe, you know, this is just trying to get all the games in, trying to get all the, the, the the televised games, whether it's streamed or, you know, on main networks, getting that taken care of because you want to get your money if you're a Power 5 conference. So perhaps that might be why they're holding out for hope. Uh, we always have this joke in Baton Rouge whenever there's, like, severe weather. And, you know, everybody closes down except for LSU at the last minute. So we're like, how about, you know, y'all as the SEC just to get it together? Didn't the, the Sun Belt go to single elimination expeditiously and get that taken care of? So That's like, correct, yeah. What, what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah. What are, uh, what are we what, what what are we doing here? What are we doing here? So yeah, Sunbelt over in Montgomery, they're going to push it to single elimination Friday, Saturday, Sunday, waiting on the SEC who's right now in a delay even for their first game uh today which is left over from uh, another day. Let's switch gears and talk about the SWAC because they've been fortunate enough, Jarrett, where they've had to they've been avoiding the bad weather because they're they're farther north. They're they're in Birmingham at Regents Field for the SWAC tournament this year, and they've been able to avoid it, so they've been able to get their games in. Let's talk a little bit about Southern because they have great tradition, right? 24 conference championships under their belt. 14 of those came under legendary Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame coach Roger Kador. They've won two straight. They were the Cinderella team last year where they upset uh, Jackson State, I do believe, who was undefeated at the time. Uh do you like the Jaguars' chances to make a run up in Birmingham and punch their ticket to another NCAA regional? 
I really love their chances right now. And I think that we could be looking at a three-peat because they finished out the regular season strong. Like, I know that you lose your midweek games that are out of conference from time to time as you're a SWAC team, but they won four straight series to finish it out. And although two of those series were against Alcorn and UAPB, which were the bottom two teams in the SWAC West, and I believe Alcorn is the bottom of the whole conference because they only won two games all year, but still – you, you need to win the games in the series you're supposed to, and Southern did that, and especially against Alcorn in a dominating fashion. That was, it, it, was, it was not a necessary series at all. The Jags did not play a complete game in any of the three games they did against Alcorn this past weekend, but they beat them. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff only had a couple of, you know, several wins on the year in conference play. At that time, Southern was a couple of them because Southern had to go to UAPB, and they lost that one. During that same time span, they beat Prairie who was the number one team in the SWAC at one, in the SWAC West at one point. So I think they just they developed the right momentum at the right time, and, and getting to have those four series and, and those four victories to really bolster you heading into SWAC play. I think that they they've gotten themselves ready to make a great strong run. And now it's not just the Cinderella story. Now you have the target on your back, and you're supposed to be showing why you're the kings of the SWAC and. It's very ironic. They're playing Jackson State for their first game. It's supposed to be at 9.30 today. I mean, the has gotten some games in, too, but they've had a little bit of uh, weather issues because that game was supposed to be yesterday at 3 o'clock, I believe. So uh, being able to just, you know, get, get there and show why they are, you know, one of the best teams in the SWAC has really shown this past um, month of baseball. And they've got Judd and Armstrong on their team who – Batted a 430 in conference play. You, you have some of the best home run hitters with Jermaine Spears and O'Neill Burgos. And uh, I don't know how many people really would pay attention to it, but Joseph Battaglia, their ace, he's kind of like A.J. Labus, if you remember him like last year. He'll give up, you know, like five, six hits, maybe three runs, but he'll get you eight Ks in the blink of an eye. So I think that they have a strong start to go with. And if they can you know, just make sure that they keep their own offense going and get out ahead quickly, then I, I think we could be looking at a three-peat squad. Wrapping up our conversation with uh, Jared P. Joseph of BR Proud. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, but tell me a little bit about this lineup. You know, uh, a lot of people know, remember Tremaine Spears. They know that name, but Doris is really good as well. I think he leads the team in home runs. How good is the Jaguars lineup this year? I think it's explosively dangerous because you always want people who can hit for power, who can get on base, and it's almost as if nearly everybody one through nine has the ability to do that. You have O'Neill Burgos, as I said, uh, Jermaine Spears is always a lead man as far as it comes with, you know, I guess notoriety and capability. But uh, O'Neill leads the team in batting average. Javante Doris has been really well. Uh, you know, I think he may have had a little bit of an injury to start out with, but he came back strong. Jenny Armstrong is doing really well. Uh, the way that you see uh, other players are stepping up, even Tosh Porter, the catcher, uh, Nava Gustavo Sanchez, another catcher, he does really well whenever he gets the lineup. So I, I think that the way that this team builds itself up, there's an ability to be able to show that, hey, if we need to get on base, we'll get on base. And uh, they don't strand as often as you would maybe pour your hair out with LSU, but they still do their due diligence. You got third baseman like Hunter Tab doing his job as well. So, they're kind of scattered with the ability to, to hit for, for base and to hit for power as well. And it, that, that's really the, the, the key of how dangerous this team really has become. Jared, 
Appreciate your time, as always, brother. I know you're immensely busy, especially this time of year, covering Southern, covering LSU. Hopefully, uh, hopefully y'all have both um, to cover starting next week in regional play. Appreciate you making the time, as always, my friend. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me on, and uh, let's all pray that Mother Nature says, okay, baseball is fine. I don't think Mother Nature is going to hear them prayers today, but I appreciate I love your optimism nonetheless. Appreciate your time, bud. No problem. Thank you. That's Jared P. Joseph. P stands for Paul. By the way, pride, the pride of LSUE. My man started off his collegiate career on the Cajun Prairie. That's right. Shout out to LSUE. And shout-out to Jared P. Joseph taking out time to talk to us, talking all things LSU and Southern baseball. we got to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll finalize the poll question of the day, and we'll get you set up for Kevin Foote in footnotes. It should be a glorious, glorious Thursday morning. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, man. Let's talk about this poll question of the day. We asked you, put it in your court, so to speak. Let you make the decision, if you will. Should the NCAA push back selection Monday by a day? Final results. 61% of you say yes. Only 39% of you agree with your boy RP3. I voted no. Just go single elimination. Get done with it. You don't have to get an extra day. You don't have to do all that nonsense. Just do that. But 61% of you voted yes that the NCAA should push back Selection Monday. Once again, SEC is trying to get in its double elimination tournament. It's in a delay right now. The first game of the day, which was delayed from yesterday, guess what? Is in a delay. LSU was supposed to be playing at 4 o'clock this afternoon. That's not happening against Kentucky that's if they play at all today Sunbelt meanwhile were proactive they met yesterday the committee officials met with coaches and administrators they all got together and they said guess what we're eliminating the double elimination portion of our tournament we're going to take Thursday off because there's going to be no way in Hades that we're going to be able to play any games today in Montgomery quarterfinals set now for Friday good weather is supposed to be on the horizon They'll play their four quarterfinal games on Friday, two semifinals on Saturday, and the Sun Belt will wrap things up with their championship game on Sunday, going single elimination. Of course, you can read all about it and look at the schedule at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. That said, SEC is still trying to get them in. I, I, I don't know why. I mean, I know why. They want to get that TV revenue. They want to get that TV money. But eventually, you're going to run out of time here. There's only so much time in the day. It's a challenge to get four games in at one park as it is. It's a challenge just to get four games on a nice day. Much less on a day filled with bad weather. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens today. We'll see if the SEC is forced to make a decision to change the format of their tournament and go single elimination if they can't get any games. Once again, the game that was supposed to start this morning 
is been delayed. They don't even have a start time yet for the first game of the day. Not a great sign. Not a great sign. But we'll keep you posted about that throughout today's shows here on the game. Kevin Foote and Footnotes, the Jordy Holberg Show with Uncle Jordy. And, of course, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mess, which looked like we weren't going to have, but it looks like we're going to have some Crunch Time this afternoon. Now that the beginning of the day has already been delayed. So, stay tuned for updates throughout the day. Only one more day for us to give away tickets for Downtown Rising. We had ourselves a winner this morning once again. Congratulations to Ryan Artigo from Church Point. He won a pair of tickets to Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids. We'll give away a pair of tickets tomorrow morning as well. Make sure to stay tuned for that. But up next is going to be Kevin Foote in footnotes. I want to take a moment to thank our guest, Les East from CrescentCitySports.com. Talking Saints, talking Pels. Jared P. Joseph from BR Proud Television. Talking Southern, talking LSU baseball. And of course, shout out to the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah. Five names. I'm Raymond Parch III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes which should be a glorious Thursday morning, is up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.